0: Welcome to a surprise episode of Light's Camera Reaction. So if you didn't know, the day this episode is released, September 22nd, is an important day in the Tolkien mythos. Not only is it the birthday of both Frodo Baggins and Bilbo Baggins, it is the day where Frodo sets out on his journey from the Shire to Rivendell. So in the fan community, it is often referred to as Hobbit Day. So for Hobbit Day, I'm joined by Kelly Charles and Caitlin to discuss the Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring. Lord of the Rings. Yes.
1: The Fellowship of the Ring.
0: Specifically, yes, yeah, specifically the Fellowship of the Ring. I mean, it's probably going to be a little bit hard to be fair because a lot of people are going to just go Lord of the Rings and think yeah. the entire trilogy, but again, we're just focusing on the first
1: film. Right. And you and I talked about this a little bit before that this we're we're choosing to isolate this film and if we do any other like trilogies or anything else in the future this is how we're going to operate as well where we're going to take the movie just at the value of the movie itself not the trilogy we're not evaluating all of Harry Potter or all of Star Wars or all of Lord of the Rings it's going to be this one film as its own film
0: so, starting with that, specifically, and again, it's going to be difficult because a lot of people lump the Lord of the Rings trilogy especially as one. Yeah. And we're all familiar with Lord of the Rings. What's your understanding of its current reputation, the film series, or at least
2: Fellowship of the Ring? I, Is there, do you guys have
0: any? Well, like, you
3: guys just said when you walked in that, hey, it's on TV right now. Yeah, it's yeah. always on TV. Yeah. Like,
2: probably every couple of weeks. And they play, like, all three of them back to back to back almost every yeah. time. I think today it was just fellowship, though.
1: In terms of like the total reputations, a lot, right? It's like yeah, it, it's a Academy Award winner, right?
2: Oh, which um, is so rare for or, like
3: a fantasy it, film.
1: Maybe I it's think it was, was just a nominee, King. but Return of the King
2: didn't
0: win any
3: categories.
0: If it did, it would have been like technical,
3: right? Okay, but, but so, so I mean, it's just not a yeah. best picture winner, but it is. Still yeah, Return of the King is a Return of the King, King, was. Was. King yeah. Was. yeah.
1: So this one wasn't, but. Um, it was, like it was also the only
3: one that had an acting nomination. Which one? Well, uh, this one. Fellowship uh, Ian. Uh, as yeah, McKellen. McKellen oh, oh I didn't know that. Actor. That's cool. Yeah, none of the other films, I think, had any other actors. There. Yeah, because
1: it's I, a I tough one yeah. because it's kind of a, you know it's an ensemble film, right? Right, yeah. which is
3: I think you know I think
0: what actually worked to its detriment, especially in with the later <laughs> films. In terms of just Academy Award nominations, not in terms of like oh like right. right, but like you do what's
3: best for the movie,
0: yeah. and then that being said, is there anything specifically about Fellowship of the Ring that you guys really appreciate or hold dear? Especially, I know all all four of us are fans. Yeah, so right. I mean, we're not going to sit here and knock the film. This right. is not going to be that episode of the knock podcast it
1: all day long. Are you? I, know. I no, but I thought I should because you guys are all such fans that I felt like I should. Be
0: you are like too, Mister <laughs> <should've thought> Contrarian. <laughs> so maybe maybe instead of Saying what do we love? What do you hate, Charles?
3: That's a harder question.
1: I always get to wait for you guys to ramp up and then just come in. Later oh. Oh. <laughs> I, I gotta think about it a little. I, little have,
3: I have a thing that I love. I love, I love seeing the Shire in the beginning, and I love mm. seeing the hobbits living happily and peacefully, and, and it's a little funny and it's just like a great introduction to the world I think I really love
1: you that. know but yeah. I, I was just listening I, I mentioned before that I, I was just starting to listen to our podcasts for the first time because I don't listen to them we're on episode I, what now? yeah I don't know. <laughs> so I listened to the Independence Day episode and you were talking about how you liked the beginning of the film before everything hits the film
3: right I love <laughs> I and love you like establishment? I yeah. love it. I don't know. I just really like to get into like, the world. And I'm the same thing. I'm like,
1: oh, hurry up! Like, go get, go do the adventure. Right. I remember right.
3: having this conversation. Yeah, with that's you. just going
1: to be into like, every movie. Yeah,
3: but I think especially for Lord of the Rings, it's a whole world you mm-hmm. have to establish, and I like seeing it, and I like you know you get to see these characters how they are with not really a lot of cares, and you know you get to see like how you know this adventure sort of changes them.
2: Well, and a good point with that too is that you particularly enjoy the opening. So that means they did mm-hmm. something very well that like already got your attention and pulled you in from the get go right right? so it's not just like oh I sat through 20 minutes and it was whatever and then the movie was good no I think
0: I I think that's Not specifically just to the Shire, but I think really the film in general is very good at establishing the universe and drawing you in.
2: Even like in the sequels too.
0: You have an
1: advantage in the sequels in that Fellowship of the Ring had established so much of how this world will operate. I actually pulled up an article today in preparation for recording this that was from 2001 from The Variety. It was really interesting because he was talking about the Fellowship of the Ring as if nobody knew what Lord of the Rings was because it was the first. Right. Which was really interesting. Like it was explaining the plot to me. I was like, I know the plot of Lord of the Rings like <laughs> you know and it was like talking about this kind of like new New Zealand director who nobody really knew you know and it right. was like
2: very and now he's like one of the biggest deals yeah exactly like, yeah. and so
1: it was really cool I think the only actor they mentioned was Ian Holm
2: now there's so many other ones that,
0: well,
1: besides well
3: not Ian him. McKellen even
1: no What'd not in this it? article
0: well I don't think Ian this is I think the film that put Ian McKellen on the map because he was a theater guy for a long right, time right he's
3: been an established mm-hmm. actor yeah. Yeah. yeah he's
0: one of those British actors. I think like Derek Jacoby also fits into this one where it's like they've never been necessarily up until like Lord of the Rings or even X-Men with uh, Ian McKellen Mm -hmm. but like up until like they do this big film they're kind of almost just you notice them in other films you'll see them time and time again and be like oh yeah that's a really good actor but they've never been like big blockbuster director and I think Ian McKellen would have been fine never being big blockbuster if you look at his career outside of X-Men and Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit films I wouldn't say he's been, like, a blockbustery actor.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like if you took, like, the Doctor Who out of David Tennant. Right. Like, nobody would know who he is. You know what yeah. I mean? Because he never would have gotten those opportunities. And, like, he's an incredible Shakespearean actor. Right. But, yeah, so that, that article was really cool to read just as a blast from the past. Yeah, no kidding. That's
0: you know. fascinating. I wonder... Though on a tangent, I wonder if it'd be like the same for um, the first Harry Potter film, if it's oh, trying yeah. to explain oh, what Harry Potter
1: is. Yeah, well, and it was cool because he was talking about, oh, like there was a failed attempt of the nineteen seventies animated movie, and that Which I also didn't really like, work. But yeah. Right? I, yeah, I love that too. But it, the it was talking about how it wasn't successful. And yeah, and mm-hmm. they're like, this is what you can anticipate from well, the it's, Lord of the Rings. It's weird
2: to think now that like there was a chance that we wouldn't have gotten. Two Towers, to Return of the King, and, like, any of the Hobbit movies, had they not been successful? Because there's so many book adaptations that, like, they do one, maybe two, to try to, like, push oh, it, yeah. and they just, that's it. And like, well, we got like, really no, lucky that
0: New Line did all three at once. Right, right,
3: because, I mean, I think that they were kind of betting on it being a big hit, because they filmed everything. They were. So they they, they were would betting. have, even if Lord of the Rings failed, what would they have done? Well, well, New and that's bet like, the fall. that's fellowship, fellowship. what the article's right. point
1: was, actually, was, like, New Line fucking jumped out on a ledge on this project, mm-hmm. with This Mm -hmm. unknown director with this immense property. It could have gone either way.
3: It's a huge undertaking. Mm -hmm. Though what's also
0: very interesting is you could see like I wanna say they took financial shortcuts, like they shot in New Zealand, Mm -hmm. which was already cheaper. If you look at what some of the actors got paid, they got paid very little
1: for the entire trilogy. A lot
2: of them weren't as big of actors as they are now, so they were cheaper.
1: In terms of money, I think they the article quoted four hundred million and that included like all marketing costs and everything and fan. like now that's fucking peanuts yeah so you know, <laughs> to make Lord of the Rings on 400 million dollars right. I mean to yeah. be fair
3: it's been like it was what they started filming it you know 20 almost 20 years ago
1: right? yeah In, actually 97 like,
3: 97 yeah. They started, filming, they started
0: in the- filming in 97.
3: So 20 years or, ago. They, they might
0: have not started filming in 97, they but they were it, totally in it. In in pre-production. In getting stuff together in
2: 97. Well, I mean, you got to think a lot of that budget is saved too because early CGI stuff too. So they did everything practical for the most part. There's still a lot of CG, but it's a good blend and it saved a lot of money. But it also,
0: just to go for the longevity of the series, this is not just Fellowship, but the entire saga mm-hmm. in general is their dependence on practical effects over CGI has, I think, been one of the reasons why Lord of the Rings is still remembered not only did we have this time spent in like the Shire and building up this universe it feels very real it isn't a constant barrage of oh look at this CGI thing oh look at that CGI thing that's
2: so huge for like me because I my eyes are trained to like dissect that stuff and like there are things that I still can't see through in those movies like watching today I'm like oh my god how did they fucking do that and then I watched The Hobbit and I was like Matt painting oh look there's a computer elf like it was really annoying so it was sad that like that practical didn't continue into the a hobbit because it still could have held up so well
1: that was gonna be one of the things that i wanted to champion in this movie is the height differences oh mm-hmm. so that's good. huge yeah. right so cool because if you watch the behind the scenes stuff or if you even just watch the movie with a critical eye you can see so when gandalf's coming into the shire in the beginning mm-hmm. and then frodo hops on and sits right. with him frodo is tiny yeah. compared to gandalf right but it's because they made this crazy bench if you turn the camera sideways, it would look ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's like coming off one direction and it's like, it's diagonal instead of just a straight it only really works on that one angle. It only works on that one angle, right. But what it does is it makes, it's like those trick rooms where one person's sitting on one side of the room, one person on the other and one person looks really tall and one looks really Mm -hmm. small. They did that basically. Yeah, Yeah, I was gonna say that's like the example of that they did it several times. Right, or they
3: like would place people like closer versus.
1: The Council of
0: Elrond scene at the very end where the entire fellowship seen together. I think that's one of the few times. Every member of the fellowship is in one shot. That's one of the few CGI shots that yeah. where they where they use CGI to create the effect rather than finding some way to practically put it together. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That part was on right before we left to come over and it had my least favorite part of fellowship in it. What's, What's your least favorite part? Legolas's fucking bathrobe. <laughs> Or whatever the hell he wears. So, in the Council of Elrond scene, he is wearing this like.
3: It's like a big cape thing. It's With like a, a silver... cape thing, but
1: it's like a brown plush bathrobe. Yeah. And it's like, I hate it. I hate it so. That's your least favorite much.
3: word of Here's the
0: whole funny thing is is there's actually, yeah, I, I know the story behind his okay, clothing the at story? the Council of Elrond. They had designed his costume and they threw it on him for his first scenes in the Council of Elrond and they realized, oh my god, these suck. Like that was supposed to be his costume for the entire series. Was supposed oh. to be what he wore at the Council of Elrond, oh and they taped God. that day, and they went, "That is so ridiculous!" Yeah, and all like, these we costumes can't, are terrible. This is terrible. So they're like, "Well, we can't really reshoot that entire sequence." It has the it, whole cast. Because it in. has the basically the entire cast there. They're like, "We can't really redo it." So they basically very quickly were like, "Well, what if How do we? How do we?" we they redesigned his entire wardrobe. And like after was, the shots, sounds change.
1: Aragorn's yeah. costume is similar. And it is not that great either so i bet you that also all the costumes went to shop
3: after that scene
1: yeah they were oh. like you know what we're just going to take those back oh,
3: also his his rivendell stuff is like not the like that's mm-hmm. not like what you're used to like it's also i and,
0: don't think what he would ever wear outside right. of rivendell
3: strider stuff is just like so cool right mm-hmm. but this, that's the one thing that's so weird i remember after seeing like the fellowship of the, of the ring i always thought of him as strider and i was like oh weird aragorn weird and then like nah, then after all the other movies came out i'm like oh yeah he used to be called strider <laughs> yeah <I'm> yeah like, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. that's probably how everybody around
0: him felt too <laughs> yeah. another like weird production thing that I always notice now because I've read because I, I know the first day they shot was when they uh, do the shortcut to mushrooms and so they've yeah. la- all landed by the mushrooms. If you look at the hobbits' it's makeup... it's where to yeah. It's where all the hobbits land by the right, pile of turd the and hill. the pile of mushrooms after they roll down the hill.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, from the shortcut okay.
3: to what? Mushrooms.
1: Okay. Yeah. After yeah. So,
0: yeah. if you look, all the hobbits have very rosy cheeks. They do. They totally were like, okay, this makeup sucks. And then... Because that's like the only sequence where they have that kind of very rosy makeup. Yeah. And it was because... I think hobbits in the books are described as having... Like the rosy cheeks, and they so they do it for the movie,
1: and they're like, they they look like Santa. I think with this film, we're gonna just have to talk about the immense legacy in like not only like in film, but also like in fan culture, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. this is like the beginning of acceptance for big time nerds. Yeah, because like like the nerdiest thing I think of, and this is no offense, Logan, the nerdiest thing I think of is like knowing a lot of stuff about the Silmarillion.
3: Yeah. So, like, like,
1: that's that's some next-level shit. Like, that's, like, on par with playing D&D back in the day.
3: No joke, no joke. We were watching, when we were kids, we were watching, I think it was Return of the King, and I had, like, one simple question about something to do with Gondor, and he paused the whole movie and, like, (laughs) talked for, like, ten minutes about this one (laughs) little question. I was like, I just wanted a simple, like, sentence answer. Right, I wanted a yes or no. And it was just like, well, I don't even know what it was about. And I, but he like could. In my the defense. whole history of Middle Earth is like in his brain. Yeah. And it's you put so a Middle bizarre. Earth diamond in, in my defense.
0: Whatever question it was must not have had a simple sentence answer. Sure. I th- <laughs> I just for the sake of everyone listening, everyone is just shaking their
2: head no. Yeah.
1: <laughs> But yeah, so, so that, them making The Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. into a movie that is like an Academy Award nominee.
2: And winner. And, oh, Event- well, I thought we just said it wasn't. Oh, Return of yeah. the King was. But eventually right. the franchise is. Yeah. yeah.
1: Big deal. Mm-hmm. Well, Big also, deal. Big shift, yeah. I think, in, in entertainment and pop culture. Because I was recently
0: doing some research for something I was writing of box office info, and I happened to pull up the 2000 box office info, which isn't Lord of the Rings at all. But I'm looking at like the top 20 films of the year, and none of them cross like 200 million. Lord of the Rings, I think, crossed 300 million, which back in the day it was, was like, pod. the realm of Star Wars, mm-hmm. and that was about it.
3: Fandoms are powerful. It
0: was huge. I remember as... Because I was starting high school around the time, mm-hmm. oh, God. it seemed like you couldn't go anywhere without running into Lord of the Rings.
3: Sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think there were, like, ads for, like, McDonald's or Burger King or something where you could get yeah. those, like, cups. Like, get your cups.
1: I, the- I had a Happy Meal toy yeah. that was part of a series... So like they were like little wedges of like a pie and they had a little figure on it and like you were supposed to collect like nine wedges to make the fellowship and they had a little button on the side that was like made to look like the side of the ring and when you pushed it, like each one was a different character and like they said their character line. So I had Elrond, the lamest of all of them, (laughs) and I pushed it and he said, you shall be be the the fellowship
3: fellowship of of the the ring. (laughs) Yeah, I, 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 and you didn't have
1: any other no, that was I just would play it
3: constantly it was nine wedges I and mean, Elrond or maybe it was, was more yeah. maybe it was had more it, because there's Elrond. nine without Elrond right? yeah
1: I don't know I never I only okay. had that one so I don't know how many there were because
3: well, then they probably had stuff for like Arwen and Galadriel, so it's gotta be ew I
1: hope not so to what do you mean
3: You <laughs> let's delve into that like ew, you hope not oh I don't well I just yeah wait
1: okay so
3: you yeah. female characters Lord of the Rings
1: it's not even that I just don't like the characters I don't. Oh, I don't really? feel like.
3: I like him. Arwen, me too.
1: Arwen is not driven by anything except for love of a man.
2: That's not true. She well, saved Frodo in fellowship. Just watch that scene. Yeah, like, but an like an it's really good. I love that scene.
1: She was doing, but like she did it because Aragorn like told her to, and no, like she, she would have done it anyway. He's, but like
3: no,
2: he wanted to take her horse and go, and she said, "No, I'm the better rider. I'm gonna go."
3: Right.
1: But okay alright that example aside then she came to find them
3: because they were taking too long and she's like dude Aragorn you suck at this let me I'm gonna find you
1: but in the grand scheme of things so like other than that scene what was the next example a weird aside in the books it's not Arwen I, it's, it's well Orchard I like Adele. that's
3: the thing it's like I think <laughs> the, another thing is like compared to the books her character is much much bigger way more yeah they much bigger mean, I bigger didn't
1: part. ever get through the books oh I couldn't chew through them they're too crunchy for me Galadriel's cool because she's like a ruler and she's powerful see she's I scary. never liked her
2: I I thought she was overrated.
1: I just feel like Arwen is the love interest. I didn't. I didn't ever get anything else from her. I thought she was. I thought Aowen was awesome.
2: I love love Aowen. Yeah, Aowen's.
0: Which we can't talk
1: about because she's not in this movie. But (laughs) no two towers discussion. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. So I. I don't know.
3: I think, like, for me, like, I love Lord of the Rings and I love everything about it. I think it was really great to see, like, female characters in a really heavily male mm-hmm. movie. And so I think I just, like, automatically was like, they're so awesome! Right. And, like, when you it know? came
2: out when I was a kid, I thought she was really cool. Me too. And, like, just to show how much of a baby I am in this room, you were like, I was in high school. I was in grade school. Um, now I feel oh. I was, like, in no, fourth I was, grade.
3: I <laughs> like, was... <laughs> see I wasn't much older I think yeah. I was like it came out 2001 yeah so I I was 11 I was 10 yeah, so okay see, that? Yeah. I mean.
2: it just it the age doesn't matter as much once you're older but when you're young it's like right. I was in fourth like I was in high school like
0: <laughs> did you watch Lord of the Rings at all when you were, when it was coming out or was oh yeah no later. Later? my my
2: dad was a huge huge fan of the books like he was way into that stuff so when it came out my mom was like I don't know if she should go see that and he was like no we're gonna go see this and he put me in the theater and we watched all of them as they came out, and we saw them probably three or four times each.
3: Right, like we were huge. in right. Seven I, for
2: Return of the King, right?
3: <laughs> I don't remember how many times I've seen any of them, but I just know like because like when you're like you know 11, 12, like there's not a whole lot for you to go and do, but your parents would drop you off at the theater, you go and see a movie and whatever. That was like a thing I could do. I yeah. like so the it was movie? like a thing we did. I think I saw. I don't did you know see how many it in the time. theater? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Because I I, did. I didn't. You did
3: it and I did, oh. and I remember, and I don't think you had read the books or anything yet. No, either. I had. I was a Lord of the Rings fan before he was, <laughs> and then. He He just Uh, went down the rabbit
0: hole. Yeah, because I remember... I was,
3: too,
2: because I saw it in
0: theaters. Yeah, Yeah, I saw it in theaters a
3: couple of times.
0: The reason I saw it is our neighbor had, like, the big, crazy, big-screen TV, and friends were like, Come over, come over, we're going to watch Lord of the Rings. And you, Caitlin, were like, Logan, you're going to love this. Because I had dragged her into Star Wars. She was about to drag me into Lord of the Rings. And I just, just... Watching that DVD, I just immediately was in.
3: Yeah. Bought the books, read the
0: books. I think I even read Two Towers and Return of the King before Two Towers came out. And I hadn't seen it. The DVD, it must have been like September.
2: That's what I did too. Like I remember after my dad took me to Fellowship, he gave me his old copy. So I still have them at my house in Sacramento. Like they're the old black cover copies with like the weird wow. illustrations on them. And I would read those in school. My teachers would be like, what are you reading? Because <laughs> it was like this thick ass book. And I was in like fifth grade. I loved them. Yeah, I mean, I, have- I don't know how much information I got out I have of them. I love the but
3: copies with like Aragorn's face on it. You know?
2: Yeah. <laughs> the movie ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I have those now, too, but, like, I still have that set for my dad that's, like, ancient. It's
0: that's so amazing. good. One of my
2: prized possessions is, it
0: was the first American printing of The Silmarillion. Oh, wow. I found a hardcover of it. Wow. at And, nice. like, a used bookstore, and that thing is never, ever going to leave wherever I'm living. <laughs>
2: right.
0: um, well, for the podcast specifically, what I did, because... Speaking of seeing it at the neighbor's house, that year might have been one of the last times I saw Fellowship of the Ring in its non-extended edition form.
3: Mm. Interesting.
0: So, because... I have seen Fellowship of the Ring in the theater now because they did re-releases right before a sort of film school that I went to go see that summer. And then did I, before
2: uh, Hobbit too, I think. And then
0: I know that they've done it a few times at on the Cinerama Dome at the Arclight in Hollywood. So I've seen it on the big screen. So I can say that I've seen Fellowship of the Ring in theaters. But I hadn't seen the regular theatrical release in probably definitely over a decade because all my copies have been like I'd buy the DVD when it came out, but then I'd buy the extended edition and I'd only watch the extended edition and then when they put the extended edition on Blu-ray I never bought the theatrical edition so I actually had to bum my old original DVD that I'd given to Caitlin right. so I could watch it. Which means I've seen
3: the theatrical release more. So right. Yeah I've only ever seen the extended cuts and like think, once. And I think that I did. I think I have like a greater bond with just like the original theatrical release. And so
0: Me I too. I watched it prior to this just so I could be like, well, how is it different compared to the extended edition? Is there like a lot of my love of these films? How much has it been colored by the fact that I've watched what a lot of people consider the ultimate versions of the film? And I found while watching it that I could really usually tell, I'm like, oh, this is where this scene happened in the extended edition. Mm-hmm. But I never felt like anything was really lacking. Sure. Like, all the extended edition for Fellowship of the Ring did was give us more character moments, bring more depth to the universe, but we weren't really missing anything that was essential to the telling of
1: the story. Well, and that's kind of like Peter Jackson, and, you know, we didn't know then, but that, you know, now we can look back and say that that's Peter Jackson's M.O., right? Is that he films four hours worth of content, and he puts in two. And then he gives you back an hour in the extended edition yeah. or the deleted scenes. It's really interesting to talk about the difference between. And you know, this comes up with Star Wars and everything else, yeah. that the difference between the first release and the current release. Because these extended editions, like, these films are known for being long. If you sit down and watch three Lord of the Rings movies in one day, that's your whole fucking day. Oh, right. and I've done it. I'm, I am I. have no doubt. <laughs>
2: I, I, have done I have no doubt you've done that with extended, so that's, like, 12 that's to 13 a, hours. That's a
0: 12 to 14 hour day. Yeah. And every once in a while I think, oh, I should do it again. And then I wisely... And the older
3: you get, the less...
0: The, yeah, the older the I, I get, the less, less I am, like, enthused <laughs> about it. But... I still will sometimes just want to sit down and just dig in deep to the universe but I think Fellowship of the Ring is the best of the three mm-hmm. and I know a lot of people would How immediately go to them? Return so of the King. It's so hard
2: Keating. to pick because they're so different. I,
0: and a lot of the reasons I think Fellowship of the Ring is the best is first off you have all the characters together so you not so you don't have mm-hmm. the production trying to balance multiple storylines so it's one cohesive story. If you look at all the stuff that got dropped from the books like Tom Bombadil or in the Old Forest you sit there and you would be like okay that's totally makes sense that that that's something that should be cut it feels like it is the best adaptation of the books of the three films at least to me so not only as an adaptation of the books i think as just in terms of the quality of the film i think it stands up better than the other two
2: for me it's like i just separate them as like two different things kind of like i do game of thrones because like at some point they do become very different i feel like reading the books is one whole experience and then watching the films is like it's almost like they're totally different things
3: i think overall it is my favorite of the three just because I think it's the one I've seen the most. But also the thing that is missing that I wish I love all the stuff with Brohan. So like mm. that's in that's not in there. But other than that.
0: Anyone have any final thoughts on Lord of the Rings? Because this isn't yeah. I, honestly is not your tip art typical episode it's just, let's a reaction it's more well, of a yeah. love
1: fest and it's like this is gonna be like this is gonna come up every once in a while where we're gonna review a movie that everyone and their mother has seen right, right? Yeah. everyone has seen lord of the rings or if they our haven't they're hasn't. actively abstaining i think i don't think anyone is like oh you know what yeah i just never got around to it like they've either seen it or they haven't
2: they chose not to right yeah
1: so none of you guys had to run out and find a dvd copy of this movie so that you could <laughs> listen to our podcast and not be spoiled about the plot of lord of the rings I also think it's interesting how I think of Lord of the Rings in terms of the films meeting the books. Of course, you know, I would talk to my mom, and like my mom was in college during the like Bilbo Lives time. Do you guys think fro- about like, that? Like, yeah, I have like the Frodo Lives t shirt. The Frodo Lives t shirt, right? You, yeah, you have the t shirt or like the bumper sticker or whatever. And it's like that was weird too because the books were written far before that, yeah. and like they had this weird resurgence in the seventies, and then, then the the it kind of died out again, and- right? Because the animated movies and stuff, and then it kind or of died out even Prior to the
0: animated movies like the Lord of the Rings fandom is just, it's rise and fall and then rise again and then decline is just kind of interesting to look at. Yeah. Which I guess is one though I have. Do you, for how big Lord of the Rings was when it came out, because I noticed this with the Harry Potter sequel, our spinoff, the Mm. Fantastic Beasts, where it felt like only the really hardcore Harry Potter fans were the ones that showed up for the movie. It didn't really appeal out much outside that. Do you
2: think that that... Because I'm not a hardcore... I'm not, I love Harry Potter, but I'm not a hardcore yeah. fan. I love Fantastic Beasts, so th- that was just me.
0: It feels like... I don't want to say Lord of the Rings has plateaued or decreased in popularity. but seems like it,
3: compared to like the Hobbit films when they came out, like yeah, less yeah, people yeah, yeah. went and saw those kind of
0: things. No, or? it feels like... You've, I guess more of a... Do you get the sense that the fandom, even though it was the biggest thing when it came out, it's not as... Big as it used to be. Yeah,
3: I would say. Well, I mean, just I would say that because, about every
1: single thing in the well, world. Well, simply though.
3: because
2: right. like they're not coming out anymore, right? Like no, if we yeah. were still getting more Lord of the Rings films, like we are Star Wars, I think they would be very popular and it'd be a huge right. deal right now. But like because we already finished those, and then we got the Hobbit that we wanted, and it's not really what we wanted. There's not really much else to do, right? You know? Like sure. it's kind of done. And after the quality of the Hobbit, I don't think we necessarily want anymore.
0: I don't want to say that its fandom is purely generational because this is right. going to be the same thing. I think. In future with like Harry Potter, but it just feels like Lord of the Rings is very much for us because we were around when it came out. We're of course fans of it, but it almost feels like it had this big burst of popularity and then it isn't as much a part of the cultural zeitgeist today as you would have thought back into like 2002.
1: Yes and no, because like, yeah, it's not Part of the cultural zeitgeist, but at the same time, it opened the door to make movies like Harry Potter. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Like, this kind of multi... I, I can't think of too many more films off the top of my head that were, like, multiple films for one book, or multiple films for a series of books... Before that. I mean, like, maybe the Chronicles of Narnia? No, that was after. Narnia yeah, was after. It, after, it like, was...
3: Like, the, the the old BBC, whatever. Right. right? Yeah, right. not but counting that. Also, I don't think that we would have Game of Thrones if it
2: wasn't. Oh, definitely, that's what, See, that's definitely, what I was no, going to say, yeah. was just that, like, I think you said it earlier, Charles, is that it's not that this is plateaued as much as it was just kind of the gateway to every Nothing other else. huge nerd thing that's come mm-hmm. out, because it kind of led to this rise of nerd culture, I would even argue, to an extent of, like, the superhero films, because, like, that's all stuff that was in this kind of geekdom that was, like, shunned. And Mm -hmm. when Lord of the Rings became this big deal that everybody liked look at Game of Thrones. That's something that I never would have thought the whole world right, would Right, like. and be obsessed over. Like, people like us, yeah, because we're nerds and right. we love that yeah. stuff. But, like, people like my dad, like or, or, like, your mom, or whoever, like, they love that stuff now. And I think Lord of the Rings is a huge part of that. Absolutely,
1: so yeah. for a callback to this article, I, another thing that came up in it was they started off the article saying something along the lines of this new cultural phenomenon of good versus evil. And I was like... What new. are you talking about? Like, that's not a new concept. And then I really thought about, like, movies that were coming out before then. And, like, there was no historic superhero movies before, like, Spider-Man. And, like, sure. yeah, there was those movies. Like, they existed, but they were cheesy. And they were known to be right. cheesy. And that nobody took those films seriously. But Nobody took the Rings. Christopher Reeve or Lou Ferrigno seriously. No. But Lord of the Rings kind of opened the door to, like, this is a thing that can be taken seriously and will hold up. And isn't it just... It doesn't
0: have to be campy. Fascinating. Right. Yeah. But, but it is
1: that, ga- that good versus evil that yeah. has become so ingrained in our culture now. Like, superhero... I, I can't imagine a world without superhero movies in 2017.
3: And it's so weird because I think, you know, being as, like, young as at least Kelly and I were, <laughs> like, I don't really remember anything before that. I mean, I'm I guess sure. you have Star Wars, which is You do have Star
0: Wars, but even then it ahead. wasn't... You The Empire was more of a... Uh, just this ominous idea rather than Sauron, who
2: was the obvious Well, we even kind of talked about that the other day, how like in Star Wars, it's like you don't really get to see like Vader being a bad guy. And then we see like Rogue One now where he's like going in and slaughtering these people and you're like, oh shit, this is a bad guy. Yeah. Now we have that distinction way more. Yeah,
0: even speaking of Star Wars, it's speaking of like this idea of how it changed mm-hmm. things in the universe. This came out when everyone was kind of down on Star Wars because right, I remember Phantom this Menace.
3: was what? Oh, yes. well, this is also Phantom Menace also, came out before. Phantom Menace came yeah. out
0: before, but Attack of the Clones came out in the middle of, and mm-hmm. I because I remember going to the theater seeing Attack of the Clones, and this is around the time where I was really starting to become more aware of what was good or bad about film. And I remember walking out. Caitlin and I were both going to see it, and you loved Attack of the Clones. When I, it really came out. I really you did. Loved I really I it when I was
2: a kid too. And yeah. I
0: remember walking out just feeling really disappointed, and then discovering Lord of the Rings not much later than that. It was like finding an oasis in the desert.
1: Mm. Well, as you say, like, we keep bringing up Star Wars in comparison because these films are epics. Yeah. Right. right? Like, Star Wars is an opera. Lord of the Rings is, is an opera. Like, they are larger than life. I think that's the thing where, you know, it's not that we didn't have Good versus Evil before. It's just that in an epic like that, like in Lord mm. of the Rings, Star Wars, like superhero movies now, they are broken down to the basis level of Good versus Evil. So, like, if you have other films... Films that were before that they didn't they didn't simplify it down that far. I don't think.
0: It's an interesting take on it because I remember X Men came out before Lord of the Rings, and I would consider that very
1: campy, right? But it, it wasn't, wasn't like, like an epic. Lord of
0: the Rings is as a whole is very interesting, but it's like I think Fellowship of the Ring just stands up because if Fellowship of the Ring wasn't as good as it was, there'd be no way in hell it would have been the cultural changing force it
3: was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's my yeah. ultimate comfort movie too. Oh like, yeah, if I'm just like home and I want to be cozy and t- to be honest, like, nine times out of ten, I fall asleep during it. I fall oh, asleep to shocked. this movie. Yeah. I'm I fallen asleep to this movie more than any other movie. And I've seen, <laughs> so I've seen the beginning a lot than I've seen the end. But, uh, but it's, I just love putting it on and just, like, being lulled. Even though there's, like, a lot of stuff going on, I just, like, feel so comfortable watching it. Well, and you've and seen I, it so much that, like, yeah, you can doze I can, off. Yeah, and it's just that, but then I just feel so, like, toasty. Mm. I don't know. <laughs>
0: As always, thanks for listening. If you enjoy Light's Camera Reaction, please like and subscribe on iTunes. You can also find us on Overcast, Pocket Casts, and we're now available on Stitcher. If you have any thoughts on the film, and I'm sure you do, it's Lord of the Rings after all, you can always go to www.teambluepost.com and leave your comments there. We'll be back again next week with our regularly scheduled program, but
2: until next time, namarie
1: Don't you realize that as you bicker amongst yourselves, Sauron's power grows. None can escape it. You'll all be destroyed.
3: I will take it. I will take it. I will take the ring to Mordor. Though, I do not know the way.
1: I will help you bear this burden, Frodo Baggins, as long as it is yours to bear. If by my life or death I can protect you, I will. You have my sword,
3: And you have my bow.
1: And my axe. (laughs) That's so good! I like the idea of Gimli beingles snorting at the
3: end. (laughs) And my axe! (laughs) (laughs) But I think my favorite part of that whole scene is, uh, great! Where are we going?
2: Oh, that is good. Very well done. (laughs)